well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and I am praising the Lord for all of my days. We're counting down 10 awesome things about God today, but Dave is not here to share his sermon with us. But a little later, we'll be speaking about praise and worship with Brad, Becky, and Ephraim Owens. But before we get there, now that they've returned to the earth and watched all their plans die with them, let's welcome in our favorite powerful people. Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Oh, boy. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Wow. How but, are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favorite intros are the ones where you guys just have nothing to say uh, after. It was like a, it took like a nosedive at the end there. Nosedive? And we watched were the, all of their plans die well, with them. We're yeah. the powerful people that yeah. are Where plans, do you even go from there? Wow. Well, <laughs> how you guys doing? I'm great. I'm Fourth doing well. Fourth of July. I'm, yeah. Fourth. I got to... See my nephew. You did? Yeah. He came over? He came down for his first road trip from Chicago. Yes. How was that? Uh, wonderful. He's absolutely delightful. And he yeah. smiled at me oh. for the first time. Cool. He's kind of young to be smiling. Is like he, he like uh, rolling over and stuff? No. He's, he's way too young for that. He's like oh. a month and change old. Oh. So. Yeah. And I don't, well, think I don't he was, remember any of that. He probably stuff. wasn't even smiling at me. We were outside and it was kind of muggy. Probably had gas. Well, it was like muggy and kind of sweaty. He was getting real uncomfortable. And then we came inside into the air conditioning and yeah. he's got this big bright smile <laughs> as he looked yeah. up at me and I was like, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was great. Well, we that's cool. Yeah. Fireworks. Did he, did he experience the fireworks? I, not with us. I don't know. I don't know. Baby headphones. I. I don't think he saw fireworks. I think he's yeah. too small for that. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Marin? Yes. Well, I saw Hello. my laugh. I saw my life. <laughs> Your laugh. Flash before my eyes at Marin's 4th of July celebration. Oh, Wait, you were there? No. My goodness. Oh, just the video yeah, that the she video. Yeah, it was <laughs> terrifying. Marin sent us a video. Marin, please explain what happened. I thought okay. everybody was dead. <laughs> so this is our friend from back home. We were all like in the same group, just friends, church friends on the south side of Chicago. This is like the Midway Airport region. If any of our listeners have ever experienced a south side fourth, yeah. then you kind of know what I'm talking about. It is crazy down there. <laughs> yeah. It's like nowhere else in the world on the fourth. Everyone's doing ex- expensive explosives yeah. or contraband, maybe. Right. That Wait, they, are, they, are they illegal in Illinois? Yeah. So they're they're illegal like... Unless it's the fourth, then oh. you can you can blow them then we off. Just but look still, the other there, way. there are others that are just illegal. Period. Like what <laughs> yeah. are the quarter sticks of dynamite or something like that? Like those are just <laughs> just plain illegal. Yeah, but not on the south side. Really? Not on the fourth. The craziest stuff. Oh, we were goodness. always blowing up crazy stuff when we were young and so dumb. So we went to our friend's house. Our friend has since moved just over the border to uh, Hobart, Indiana, where he over has the border. his own yard and fireworks are everywhere mm-hmm. in that region so he had planned yeah, that's this, why like, i asked because because when you drive out of chicago yeah. you pass like 40 fireworks places oh, right yeah. when you go into indy so that's i'm assuming that's where you buy them. we run get our fireworks so he lives in the he lives in like area. the firework mecca that's cool <laughs> of america right yeah. now um and his birthday is the 5th of july so he he always turns the 4th of july into this gigantic deal mm-hmm. um yeah. Anyway, we're good friends with him. I set him up with it's my, my birthday best friend. And it could also be my last day. Yeah. Now him and my best friend are married and they have a little kid. And so we were at their house. He had this, him and his dad like wire this thing themselves every year. They like built their own like cement block thing to shoot the big ones out of like. Sounds legit. It's like yeah. a firework it cocktail. Legit. Yeah. It's legit, but it's always like 
Um, yeah, it's always scary. a little bit scary. A little bit out of control. It's always okay. a little bit scary. So explain <laughs> how, because things ended up on fire, right? Oh yeah. Okay, so, so explain what happened. I, well, he doesn't even know what happened. It was going along well for maybe like the first thirty seconds. Yeah. It was like, oh right, things are good, and then. Uh, for for whatever reason, a couple of fireworks started to explode too close to the ground. And they were like the big, colorful kind that are supposed to go way up in the yeah. air. Well, they did not go more than like four feet off the ground. So the first one went off and I saw my kids start running. And I was standing next to my dad and my mom was there. And it was off like, oh, look at the children run. Yeah. Like we just were taking in the yeah. moment. And then it went off again and one zipped past my head and oh. exploded right next to my dad's ear. So he'll tell you his ear was ringing and he just started screaming out, as you heard in the video, yeah. run for your lives. <laughs> and right at that moment, something caught on fire. Now, it turns out it was a Christmas tree that my friend had in the back of his yard. As in a dead one? An oh, old as in like a dry just as look a- at it the wrong way and it's going up in flames, let yeah. alone set off fireworks nearby. Like the whole okay. thing went up in flames. So it was a spectacular moment my, caught on camera by mm-hmm. my husband yeah. taking my in the whole absolute, thing. I'm feeling aggressive. <laughs> my absolute favorite detail of that entire video is, <laughs> is chaos. I'm having trouble even knowing what's going on. There's people screaming, people running. At the very end of the video, I hear Jed go, does anyone have a fire extinguisher? <laughs> yeah. Which then immediately I'm like, they didn't even have a fire extinguisher oh already. No, oh, so they good. did not. So my favorite part was not in the video, but my friend got down with the hose and was army crawling towards the fire. But there While were the still fireworks, fireworks going, going off all around him because this thing was wired. It was not going to stop. It had about 12 minutes left. So he's crawling out of his belly across the grass. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and he had a, uh, like, one of those long rectangle bins, the lid was serving as his plastic shield, shield as he went <laughs> and put out this fire. It did not disappoint. God bless America. It is always a legendary party. Yeah. We are not the only uh, friends from Indianapolis who drove all the way down there to be at a John Pratt party. They're the best. They're always that, was insane. that entertaining. <laughs> so are you scared or are you excited when stuff like that's happening? Because I would be running for the hills. I was a little of both. Uh, you know, just adrenaline, I guess. <laughs> it's not like a happy excitement, but it is kind of like, do I run for my life? Yes. But am I am I at a safe enough distance to still take it all in and stay alive? That was the question. Yeah. From someone who doesn't go on roller coasters. <laughs> yeah, this is- I don't understand this. <laughs> Somehow leaves the house like, when there's a spider scene. I think it comes from just experiencing so many 4th of July parties. <laughs> You've just, just been like desensitized. Yeah. I'm just like, John's got this. I know it's under control. It might not look under control, but this is just what we do. Yeah. <laughs> Happy 4th, wow. everyone. Well, all right. So we've got a couple minutes um, before Ephraim and Brad get here. So let's talk about the sermon yeah. uh, this past weekend. Dave isn't here. Um, so when Ephraim and Brad get here, I want to talk to the three of you, Marin, about prayer and worship in your own lives and your journey. Um, when you like discovered that, that it's something that you, you were called to do and that kind of stuff. But until then, let's talk about the sermon Dave preached this past weekend, which is, uh, base. We're still in our honest to God series and this is, I don't know, week like six. Yeah. Week six. Um, and he preached on Psalm 146 and together let's 
decide what his big idea was. Or he he stated he it. He can tell but, you. Yeah. I can tell you right now. What is it? He said, praise replaces my freaking out with his presence. Yeah. Amen. And <laughs> yeah. so it basically, I, I don't know if it gives you 10 things that are awesome about God, but basically the, the Psalm is like, here's everything. Here's all the reasons God's worthy of being praised. Yeah. Right. And, um, Dave, he opened the, the service talking about when he was growing up and what was appropriate worship right posture not, really, and, not really allowed to move around yeah. or anything yeah and so um i guess my my one question for this series or this sermon is uh if if that's the top 10 list of like reasons god ought to be worshiped why like i i don't dance around when i'm worshiping i i stand still so if if all those things are true why does everybody just stand still <laughs> why why do people just stand still? I yeah. think people get uncomfortable. I think it's just awkward for people who don't, especially if no one else is doing it. No one wants to be that one person just dancing by themselves. Yeah. I think it depends on your cultural lens. Yeah. I think it depends on your point of reference. I just had somebody today who's from a, another country, a, a Latin American country, tell me, I don't understand Americans that they can go crazy at a football game or at a yeah. soccer game Mm, and they said to me, I, I just want to tell them, like, Jesus won. <laughs> yeah. That was their response to me. Jesus yeah. won. You know? Yeah. It just, and again, I, I I know people born and raised in this country from a more charismatic background who have no problem at all being demonstrative mm-hmm. in yeah. their worship. Yeah. So I just think it depends on yeah. where you come from. I, I'm thinking of one friend I have here at the 146th Street campus who came from a Catholic background. Yeah, and she said it took everything in her just to even raise one hand <laughs> yeah. slightly, maybe shoulder height. Yeah, during during uh, yeah. praise and worship, just yeah. depends on your background. I think. Yeah, when I was in Kenya, I was interning with Nairobi Chapel, well, specifically Mavuno Church, one of their church plants, and it worship with them was always an active thing. In fact, our worship leader would often introduce a new dance for everyone to do, and he would like show us the move, <laughs> and we would all do the do the thing. It was it was really fun. Um, but I got to the point, I mean, I was, I hate public dancing. I just, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan. I, we've talked about this before. It's like a deep fear of mine. And here I was, but what I realized in that context, I was the only one who wasn't dancing. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm standing still, yeah. everyone's looking at me like, what a weirdo. Yeah. So for me, I was like, fine, I'll just, I'll do it. I know I look like a doofus, <laughs> yeah. but I'm going to yeah. do this anyway. Yeah. And so I got to the point I started, once I kind of came out of my shell a little bit, I realized like, okay. For me, if I'm not breaking a sweat by the time worship is over, then I haven't really worshiped in in Kenya, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of an eye-opening experience for me. And then, of course, I come back here and I sway a little and kind of rock, but I don't like, <laughs> I don't like get into it, you know? I don't, and so I don't know. I'm still figuring that out myself, but I would love it if we did. Yeah. <laughs> I would love it if we were more, more open and just moving around a little bit, but yeah. Problem is the way so the way that our at least at 146 Street and Fishers the way that our auditoriums have been designed is that you can see everybody else that's in the room. Yeah. yeah. So it's like if you're gonna dance, everyone's gonna see you. <laughs> so we haven't exactly made it super conducive yeah. for uh, for embarrassed Americans. Yeah. Because I know it's in me. When I go to Ukraine, it's like no problem. Mm-hmm. I'll raise my hands. I'll jump around. No problem. If I go on a when I was in high school, when I go on the high school retreat, no problem. Right. Now it's like, 
Why is that? Do you think that's what I want? That's what I want yeah. to know. What happened to me? Again, are is it because that's what you're accustomed to worshiping here in your home country, and you're, there's something about you that's just a little bit more uninhibited when you're Possibly. abroad? Possibly. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, are you worried? I mean, I know I am. Are you worried people will think I'm? I look stupid. Probably, yeah. But if all this, stu- like I said, if all this stuff is true, yeah, you know, um, the Lord frees the prisoners, Lord opens the eyes of the blind, Lord lifts up, lifts up those who are weighed down, loves the godly, protects foreigners among us. Like that's wor- that's, that's that's stuff that's like, oh yeah, I can get pumped about that. Yeah. In any other context, if you're like, hey, Barry did this, Marin did this, they do this, this, this. I'm like. Oh my goodness! Great job. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. high but, fives. Yeah, jump yeah. fives. Yeah, but for some reason, I'm standing in a room, <laughs> listening to worship music, and it's like we're singing these words, and I'm like, "The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down." <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. This, this is. I was wondering if Dave was going to get any pushback for this. Why? Because it's a very personal thing. The way that people respond. In worship. And some of them, like the friend who was talking to me this afternoon, super demonstrative, uses her whole body, where others are very much more reserved and inward. And that's just how they worship. For me, as a worship leader, I've never wanted to to demand that everyone under the sound of my voice put their hands in the air. Right. Even though I know it's biblical, right. yeah. by all means, I mean, I love that Dave rattled off a list of references of um, lifting up hands, spreading out my hands, lifting up my hands in the holy place. All the people shouted, amen, lifting up their hands. It's all over the Bible. Right. Yeah. I get it. But I have also been that person that has come into different church settings throughout my life at whatever point, weighed down mm. and my hands are in my pockets mm-hmm. and it's everything I could do to just get my feet across the threshold of church that day Mm, and just be there. And so some people by all means are waving their hands in victory and they're in a different place. Some people are just raising their hands as a sign of surrender. Mm -hmm. Okay, Lord, this is a little bit outside myself, but I'm going to surrender to you. And others in the room are just being obedient by being there. (laughs) And yes, maybe holding their comfort coffee. I mean, that's totally what I do. Sure does feel good to hold that warm cup. Do you need me to hold your coffee? I'll hold your cup. You need, no? Okay, good. (laughs) There was one time recently where um, my husband was sitting next to me and this doesn't necessarily maybe pertain as much to uh, musical worship, but it was during the sermon. And he said, man, I was getting so pumped up by that sermon. I just wanted to, I just wanted to shout Amen. And I'm like, then do it, right. do it. Let, right. let there be freedom. I, I understand that culturally that that might stick out like a sore thumb yeah. for the time being. Right. But the more we, we release ourselves to express ourselves and be honest with God mm-hmm. in the presence of the, the great assembly, as it were, yeah. it will become our norm. And I think that that's okay. Yeah. I'm like, please, I agree. please say amen. Amen. <laughs> I don't mind it when I'm preaching. I don't mind hearing people respond. Yeah. It's always, Get out. It's always just a little awkward though. When it, when it's like someone like says like, amen and claps. And then everyone else is like, oh, oh, we have to clap yeah. now. And <laughs> the then it's follow, like a long, follow awkward follow <laughs> Yeah. We're getting there. I We're, don't know. I think that one person who claps and says amen gives everyone else permission. Yes. Yes. And they're like, oh, oh, y- yes, I do agree. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
Yeah. I feel like every every congregation needs that one person. Yeah. That's just, free enough to give everyone else the liberty. Yeah. I think that's that's what it really is. We need to probably get some people to commit together. We're going to get active. We're going to do what we want to do, but we don't because we're we're feeling embarrassed mm-hmm. just to commit that we're going to do this and we're going to plan ourselves around this, the auditorium to help give our neighbors permission because we're doing what we want to do. Not yeah. out of manipulative. Yeah. I'm not suggesting everybody needs to do it. I'm just speaking for myself. Like that's something I want to do, but yeah. I just don't do it Yeah, mm-hmm. because I'm scared or nobody else is. Yeah. Yeah. So fun fact, I looked up, well, I was looking up some stuff about praise and the scripture. And do you know that the, we get the word praise? It's the, from the same English root as to appraise or to set a value for something. Mm. So that kind of gets to the idea of what praise is. It's all about saying like I'm ascribing the value yeah. to something. And in this case, someone. So when I praise God, I am giving him his appropriate value or in my in my heart or in my mm. words. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. It's just a fun thing. Yeah. <laughs> so did David write this? This one is not attributed to David. The actually, in fact, there's a part in the Psalms and I, I'm blanking on exactly where it is. At the end of book three, it says, here end the Psalms of David. It's like the last one and mm-hmm. it says, here's where they end. Okay. but So probably not. But then there's more Psalms of David after that. So who knows? I, I don't know. Now, could you give us some world of the text? I sure. think I heard you say earlier, and I remember hearing this before, that is this the kickoff of... The, the the grand finale of the, the book of Psalms. Psalms. Yeah, Dad, Psalms yeah. as it were. That, Dad said that this this weekend. Yeah. The, yeah. These last five Psalms, I mean, if you look, the, the words praise the Lord are everywhere yes. in these last five Psalms. Yes. These are the, this is sort of the grand finale that ends the, that ends the whole Psalm, Psalter as it's called. Yeah. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about that on the last week of the series. I'm going to be talking about the first and the last Psalm they're both real short and what they tell us about the structure of the whole book. So that'll be, that'll be a part of that. But yes, that's cool. I always saw this as like that as a grand finale. Like if, if the book of Psalms is like a, like a orchestra mm-hmm. or something, you know, and then it ends with like setting the Christmas trees the on biggest, fire, the loudest. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. The, the, the fireworks finale. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. So when, when whoever wrote it, were they right? I, I, I never, because we know this is Jewish meditation, meditation literature. literature. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we know now. Did these people write these with an audience in mind or is it like this is for myself and then eventually these things get found and published? Uh, I, we don't know exactly, but it's possible this was made as a way of public worship. This was something, this could have been a praise song for them to mm-hmm. say, let's remember what makes our God amazing. And it's this, and it's this, and it's this, and it's this. And it's that in fact, throughout the Psalms, there are two, the, the main genre, the, the most frequent genre of the Psalms is lament. The second most frequent is praise. So this was something that was, a, I mean, there's a lot of praise Psalms that are all about like, let's give God the value. Let's talk about the value of the God that we worship. Hmm. So I think this is, I, this was probably written for the purpose of public worship. It was probably written so that people could together declare the goodness of God, mm. stuff like that. So, and, and it's, it's interesting too. Sorry. Here's another little world of the text beyond just the Psalms. But if you look at uh, verse uh, seven, it says he gives justice to the oppressed food for the hungry, frees the prisoners, opens the eyes of the blind. This language 
is similar to what Jesus reads in the scroll uh, when he first begins his ministry in oh, yeah. Luke. And it's th- this, this category, this grouping of things over time, as you see it develop in the Old Testament, they actually start to carry messianic overtones. So it's interesting that towards the end of the mm. Psalms, we get a we get a, a description of Yahweh that also describes the hope of this coming Messiah mm. to bring God's justice to the earth. So yeah. anyway, that's interesting. Wow. Um, yeah, because he's saying like, don't put your confidence in powerful people. But when I'm reading this, I'm like, he's writing that to himself. Mm-hmm. But I guess... Well, it is written in first person. Let yeah. all that mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. praise yeah. the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just never know if, like, who is he writing this, like, in his journal or, yeah. But it sounds like he was expecting uh, people, a bunch of people to read this. Well, we have worship songs that we sing in first person, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He called me out. Yeah. <laughs> upon the what? Well, we never, sing never heard of it. Never heard of it. Never no. heard of it. the first mm. one I could think of. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so yeah, we do. We, we do, do a lot first of songs and first songs yeah. that we sing together. As a corporate so. body, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What stood out to you in this in this sermon that um, that Dave gave? One of the the visuals that I loved so much, and I I have to give a big shout out to every child who drew a picture. Yeah. Oh my goodness, the walls that we have set up at our campuses with these kid pictures on them. I, I, haven't, I haven't looked at them. What, what do we, oh, what, just go what happened? Look at them. Well, one of them depicted one of my favorite parts of the sermon, which was uh, when Dave said, he, it was a series of things. When we praise God, walls fall down. When we praise God, um, the enemy goes down. When we praise and we worship God, God shows up. He pulls up a very big chair and mm-hmm. sits down. Yeah. And so I know at the Fisher's campus, there's a picture on the wall, um, the art wall of like a throne. Yeah. And God yeah. is seated on his throne. Like, cool. I love that imagery. You, do you know where that's from? Have you heard where, I mean, it came originally from one of dad's sermons years ago. Mm-hmm. There's a, it was a translation of, uh, do you remember this, Tyler? It was a translate, it was a Japanese translation of an English biblical saying, which basically said that, it's, it's something about God being enthroned to receive our praise or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, Psalm 22. Oh yeah. He referenced yeah. Psalm 22. Okay. The Japanese translation of it was that God pulls up a big chair and listens. Mm. So, cause I guess that, that was, so anyway, it's it, beautiful. Ca- coming back into English. <laughs> so that's become a theme dad's referred to many times about the God pulling up a big chair and listening. Yeah. Mm. So that's what that's from. And if we could grasp that that's what's going on, I, I, I'll be the first to admit sometimes we, we, come into church and I get this feeling when I walk into Walmart sometimes where I'm like, what am I here for? I become like a zombie for a split second. And then I've got to like reorient myself to like the task at hand. I feel like that can be like, we just, especially if you got younger kids, I remember what this was like when my kids were younger, you're rushing to get to church. You Mm -hmm. have just moved heaven and earth to just get Mm -hmm. there. And then you walk through the door and something washes over you like zombie just for like a split second. What? What am I doing? Uh, yeah. What am I doing here? So if we could reorient ourselves to the idea that, okay, we are here. I say this all the time when I'm leading that we're two or more are gathered. He is here in our midst. Yeah. So if we could grasp that he's, he's pulled up a chair. Yeah. He is here. Yeah. How would that shape our responsiveness 
in worship. You're not doing it for the worship leader, like right. waving your hand, like so that like they'll feel like they're doing a good job. Yeah, like right. no, like our job That's is what to high fives are for. Our job is to get everyone in the room in a place of reverence and mm. awe and worship in this this holy place. Yeah. What what do you guys do to prepare yourself? Like I know sometimes when I'm heading to church, either if I'm preaching or if I'm just attending, I know I can tell, man, I'm not in the right headspace mm. for church right now. So I have something, well, I have some things that I'll do on my, even on my drive to church. Do you guys have something that you do to kind of prepare yourself mentally or things that you avoid doing to keep yourself from being further distracted? Or do you kind of deal with that once you walk in the, in the building? Yeah. I don't know that I do it on my way. Sometimes I will, if you know, I'll be praying on my way to sound check mm-hmm. early morning, whatever. For me, it's more, okay, we've done the sound check. We've done all of the mechanical things, you know, that we need to do. I need to go, I need to go take a minute alone and just, again, symbolically empty myself of myself and just ask that God would use me Mm. and just work through me. Cause I I just, what's the point? If, if, if his spirit doesn't move, what am I doing? You know, so just always um, surrendering. Um, yeah, which is really, it's, it's a daily thing. That's more than just, well, I do this when I lead worship. (laughs) Right. I, when I do lead worship, it's, I usually a lot enough time ahead of time, um, to read scripture or pray or something because I need to know what God would have for me Mm. in what I'm about to do. Yeah. Um, so I will take the time to get my head right and my heart right. So, because I don't, I don't, there's nothing about me that makes me qualified or worthy enough to like lead other people in worship Mm -hmm. unless God has something for me in it that I can give out to people. Right. And so I take, I take time before every instance to, Mm -hmm. to kind of focus on that. Mm -hmm. For me, it's just a matter of like not listening to anything on on my drive. I Mm. usually have podcasts or talking things going all the time, which keep my mind engaged and all that stuff. But talking things, talking things, it could be a podcast, (laughs) it could be the radio, but I'll either turn off everything and just drive in silence, which allows me to like still my mind or I'll listen to a couple like worship songs, praise songs that get me in the, in the mindset of, of lifting up God. That's, that's what I tend to do. So Mm. anyway, cool. Well, it was a good sermon. Well, I wish Dave was here to help us dissect it a little bit. But um, I'm excited about what we're going to do next, which is we're going to bring in Brad Becky and talk about his journey through worship. And uh, hopefully Ephraim's here too. <laughs> See if we can find him. Yeah. Yeah, he's supposed, Ephraim's supposed to be here. So somebody, hopefully he's Somebody coming. text him. Did he uh, tell you he'd be here? Yeah. Okay. So Then he'll be here. Well, <laughs> we'll see. So we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to be joined by our worship leaders at Grace. And we're back. (laughs) Brad Becky's here. Welcome, Brad. Hey, guys. Welcome to the pod. You've been here once before. I was. That was a couple years ago. That was like our second show. We were a baby pod at that point. Welcome back. Yay! This is new since you've been on the pod. I know. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Ephraim, who knows where he is? He's dead to me. 
I need to be closer, Mary. Yeah. Tell yeah. me. Okay. Sorry, I'm a newbie. So it's yeah. just Brad. You're this so is so, a, Brad, you're this so is a microphone. This is a microphone, Brad. <laughs> How does this work? <laughs> uh, Brad, Becky is what's your official title now? Uh, I am the experience associate pastor of experience here at the 146th Street mm. campus. It's a yeah. new, new title, new role. Yeah. yeah. You want to talk yeah. about it? Sure, if you would like me to. <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay, so I oversee everything that kind of encompasses and I help align everything that is in uh, four different ministries. That is worship, production, first impressions, and our facilities team. Everything that kind of revolves around the weekend experience in particular, but also events or anything that might be kind of the front door entryway to grace somebody's grace's journey. Mm. So it's that's awesome. Still yeah. leading worship. Still leading worship. I'll 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 still be around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Around so you're bit. you're kind of the primary worship leader at 146th Street Campus and have been for a couple of years now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, about two two years, I guess. Yeah. Something. And before that, you were in student I, ministries. I did student ministries. I was the centralized worship person. I traveled around to the different campuses. So be- before Grace, were you a worship leader somewhere else, or because I know you were in like a big hair band <laughs> at some point. I know you've done, I know you've done music for a while, for yeah. a long time, but, but there's how no video. You... So you can't show pictures. Yeah. Right? No. <laughs> Darn. Yeah. Darn. No pictures. But we can, we can put it on the Facebook yeah. page. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, how long have you been doing worship as like a, as a calling or a career? Uh, yeah. Uh, about 15 years now. Uh, before Grace, I was actually at a church in Indianapolis called Hope, which is Grace's grandmother church. Mm. Oh, wow, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wait, yeah. did I know that? I don't know. <laughs> Grandma. That, I don't know that you knew that Brad worked there. Hope. No, Faith. Hope yeah. gave birth to the Faith. faith. Oh, gave my birth my to Grace. oh yeah. my! Our grandpa church. Yep, <laughs> it is. It was. Yeah. And so there was. There are people here at Grace that are like, oh yeah, I used to go to Hope and I remember that. And that's yeah. cool. Um, okay, so I'm curious as to you you both have been worship leaders. You both have been music is like your first love. Yeah. Brad, were you, Wait, were, is were my you wife other, listening to Well, this? I mean like hobby. Were you other into like sports? <laughs> Or any like what? What else do you do, Tyler? I love the sports ball. <laughs> yeah. I when 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 they take the stick and they hit the puck thing through the goals. Yeah, the upright goals and yeah, pitifully insufficient. <laughs> I'm like home run. Yes. Uh, okay, so Marin tells me all the time that my hobbies and interests are like worthless like compared super to lame. yeah, super yeah. lame compared to hobby and love of of music and so how long have you guys been like has this been a lifelong thing for you both yeah yep i I mean for me like since high school i guess yeah i I was in bands in high school um always have played music all through college i was a like commercial design graphic design major at indiana wesleyan but still was in a band Mm -hmm. um yeah got a record deal, went to Nashville. Like uh, we, don't always to, been, we don't need to brag. Okay. No, I'm just saying it's like always, it's always been, I mean, Hey, there's nothing to brag about with my music career. <laughs> yeah. Believe me. Um, so for both been. of, for both of you, uh, what was it? Do you remember like a moment in your life where you're like, you know what? I'm going to put my like musical career 
like almost secondary because I, I want to be a worship leader. Like, was there a moment for you that that was a thing or is it all just kind of blended together? My story might be a little more unique. It's definitely not cut and dry. Granted, there are people who go to college for this and this is what they want to be. And they're driven in that sense to become a worship leader. For me, I've, I've been singing since I was old enough to stand up straight, you know, and just always singing in church. And, um, my parents raised me, um, to use my gifts and my talents for the kingdom of God. And Mm. as much like when you see my son playing drums, he's been raised the same way. Like you've got this talent. Yeah use it for the kingdom of God. Let's glorify God with your talent. So I've, I've always been doing that singing in church that is. Um, and so then like Brad, I was in a band that traveled and it was Christian music, but it was not a worship setting, like in a corporate sense, like Switchfoot. I was the female, <laughs> what's his name? John, John Foreman. That's me. Just, yeah, yeah totally. that's who I am. Uh huh. Nailed it. I get that. <laughs> Yeah, but then we were going to a church on the south side of Chicago um, where their worship leader was also in a nationally touring band and they left the country for extended legs of tours and length yeah. of time. Flatfoot, and so right? that's right, Flatfoot 56. <laughs> yeah. I was just hanging out with them on the 4th, blowing things up. <laughs> oh, that's, those are the explosive people? Yeah, so, yeah, the drummer right. of that band was yeah. hanging out with us, right. blowing things up. Um, anyway they needed somebody. And they looked at me and said, you sing, you play guitar, could you lead worship for us? And at the time, I hadn't done that on a regular basis corporately. When I would tour with my band, a lot of times whoever would bring us out to do a show would have us stay overnight and do the Sunday morning service as a special guest or something. Brad's laughing, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I had had some experiences leading worship, but not every Sunday, you know, for my mm-hmm. home church, not, not like that. So I kind of had to step up to the plate and it was, I'll always tell people it was a learning curve because it's not performing. Yeah. It's, it's a completely different way of approaching music. My job, like I said, is to get the congregation to sing, not mm-hmm. to show them how, how great I am at singing or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that's not what it's about. So yeah, for me, it was kind of a thing that grew out of that. And even coming here to Grace is it's a crazy story, but yeah. it's not, I, it, it wasn't a job that I was looking for, but nevertheless, it was a door that became opened to me. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, okay, Lord, if this is your assignment, here I go. And I've been here ever since. And there were great tamales in town. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brad, what about you? Uh, was there a moment in your life where you kind of thought, you know, this this is my calling and I'm going to go do this now? Or was it kind of just a blending of band stuff plus church music? Yeah, it was it was very similar to Marin in the fact that um, although I will say and admit this, like I had no desire to do worship. Um, I thought my calling was, or at least it was at the time, was to write music to add to people's, you know, Christian experience and life and uh, that they would play on the radio or whatever. But I kind of almost viewed, this is really sad, like (laughs) contempt of like even the guys that led worship in Nashville. I was like, eh, those guys just can't 
get their act. That's fine. We'll, not, we'll, not, we'll edit that part out. <laughs> like, like <laughs> as, in, as in like not cool or like not real musicians not or cool and not, you know, some of them and, and some of them probably weren't very good, but some of them just like, Oh yeah, you just, you couldn't quote unquote make it. Gotcha. So that's why you're a worship leader. They were probably on the Jesus free cruise. Oh my goodness. We have to join full them. circle. Yeah. Oh man. Um, <laughs> The last band I was in, they happened to be, I joined a, a pre-existing band um, as a guitar player and I wasn't the primary singer. And that was like the first time I wasn't like the lead singer of a band. And I think God was trying to teach me some things there because they they would go and do camps mm. where they would get to do like a concert one night, but then the rest of the camp they would, you know, lead worship for. And I was like, oh man, that's kind of lame. Um, but I started seeing like the value of that and seeing these students that would um, be worshiping God. And I was like, wow, okay, maybe this is kind of cool. And I remember going back and we had just uh, come off of a little like week at a camp and my wife and I went to uh, a new church. And as we were checking out the church, I think the worship pastor, you know, how you can spot a musician in the mm. crowd. You're like, oh, like dude's a musician. Skinny, Skinny jeans. Skinny jeans. Yeah, right. Yeah. And hair that's all <laughs> spiky. Oh, that's much different than now. Um, he came and just was like, hey, you kind of look like a musician. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm in this and this band. And he's like, well, you know, I know it's you guys are new, but would you be interested in being part of the team? And I was like, ah, oh, man, I'm out on a lot of weekends. I'm not sure. He's like, well, think about it. And then he called me a few weeks later and said, Hey, I had a guitar player drop out. Would you be interested in doing this? Mm -hmm. I was like, um, yeah, I'm in that weekend and I'll, I'll just do it. So I did it and formed a relationship with him. Um, and what ended up happening is because of his mentorship, it's this guy, shout out to Ron Alley. If he listens, um, his mentorship with me and just kind of slowly taking me this progression of, of helping me understand what worship was because I would be playing on a, on a weekend and still be trying to draw on like some of my performance things. Mm. Hey, yeah. All right, here we go. And it's like, no, no, Brad, it's not about that. Mm. And then out of the blue one day, he just called me and said, Hey, I'm going to this conference. Um, and it's focuses around like worship and production. And the guy that was going with me, he, had to drop out for some reason. He was sick. And for some reason, God brought you to mind. I don't know if you'd be interested in that. I was like, man, I don't know, Ron. Um, sure, I'll go with you. We get to go to Atlanta, hang out in a hotel. And sure, maybe God will give me something that I can take back to the band I was in and and, and use that. Um, so I went and it's one of the times in my life I audibly remember I heard God say, no, no, no everything I've been preparing you for is for this moment and what you're, you're coming to understand right now. And so while I was at that conference, I literally called up one of the, the guys in the, the band I was in and said, um, I think God may be calling me into full-time vocational worship ministry. And it was really weird because the guy I called first wasn't the leader of the band. He was the drummer. And he's like, Oh, you should talk to Mike. That's was the leader of the band because I literally called him yesterday and said, I think I quit. I think I'm done with the band. And he told me, yeah, I think, uh, I'm done too, because my church has just offered me a full-time worship leader job. <laughs> yeah. And so all so these everybody's things, quitting. Yeah, yeah. But, but it was really cool because it was like God just kind of confirming like, oh, okay, that chapter is yeah. done. And so, yeah, I was a reluctant worship leader, but Hey, look who's hey, Ephraim's here. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
<laughs> Welcome to the pod. Uh, I, I like said you were dead to me. <laughs> I take it back. Well, we know that. Yeah. I never doubted you for a minute, just so you know. Welcome, <laughs> welcome me from Owens. What up, everybody? I'm just excited to have these headphones on and this mic in my face. I feel like I'm a DJ. <laughs> That's exactly... <laughs> fat, fat. Yeah, that is exactly why I brought you here. <laughs> I figured as much. <laughs> uh, Ephraim, you are the you are the face of worship at North Indy, but what is your Whoa. official title at Grace Church? You're on staff over at the North Indy campus, but what... what Tell the, tell the listeners what you do here. Well, um, I am, I was, my official title was the pastor or not the pastor, but the director of worship arts, um, at North Indy or musical worship. Yeah. But now I am the associate pastor of experience slash high school ministries. Yeah. <laughs> slash, 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 <laughs> yeah. slash, slash. North Indy is going through, it's looking a little bit more like a small church startup right now yeah. where Ephraim's going to be doing high school ministry and weekend worship. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm very, very excited for just cause I mean, worship is, you know, been a huge part of my life and I definitely feel a part of my calling, but one of my just relational giftings is with students and I'm currently, you know, I'm a high school football coach at North Central, which is across the street. Right across so the street. Yeah. it's pretty much a great alley-oop so we can try to, you know, <laughs> wow. dunk that ball in there. You know? Is that a sports reference? I'm not we've sure. Already, we've already covered, Brad already covered sports <laughs> on this podcast. He's already, he's already done it. Um, so we're talking about worship and kind of the journeys we've all taken to discover that this is our calling. And Ephraim, you kind of already mentioned that you've felt that this has been a calling in your life. But uh, what what do you guys, you worship leaders, what 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 is worship to you? Like, have you gotten that question before? Like what, what does worship mean to you? Or how do you describe to somebody, maybe a new Christian, like what is worship? Or even more basic. Why do we all sing songs? Yeah. Why do I come, come to church? church? And it's like, why are we, why are we doing this? I, I guess I'll just in the flow of keep talking. Take but, it away, go, brother. Go, go. Um, one, I don't know if anyone else gets this, but my, I love when I hear compliments, you know, and, and feedback after service. Cause we do invest a lot of time to create an atmosphere of worship. No, we don't get compliments. No, <laughs> just but, but some so. people go it's unique to you. Great performance. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. Oh, all right. I'm not going to go on like a 45 minute rant. Get out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. But I feel like one reason we gather um, is because God wants us as the body to gather and fellowship together. Um, but the, why we praise is think about anything, like just break it down. Think about anything that you're excited about and you rave about it. Mm. Um, think about, and, and so just ba that's baseline. Anything mm. that you're passionate about, you rave about. But then if you take it a step deeper and anyone that's ever done anything great for you you're like that person is amazing yeah so you compile the thing that you are so passionate about this person who has pulled you like at least from my personal perspective he has pulled me from th the depths mm. i am going to with every last breath in me i'm going to rejoice and praise i think it's the teaching that we 
we say, you know, worship leaders or, you know, some places have worship leaders, some have worship pastors, ministers or music or anything. But I definitely see um, the role as a pastor because you are t- there is a teaching of worship mm-hmm. um, and a dialogue, dialogue and a posture that is taken and full surrender. Um, you think of like we say, you know, the raising of hands, but. I, I like to break things down. Like when a child needs something mm-hmm. from a parent, you know, Milo, when he needs something and something is bad, he, he's coming up to you like this hands raised, fully surrendered. Give him the full stiff arm. He's like, get away from me. Son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Figure Go it see out. mom. Figure yeah. it out yourself. But like that posture, um, we have to teach and, and, you know, constantly remind people like, these words, you're not just saying them because the slide said so. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I feel like Ron Burgundy and whatever's on the prompter, I might say. You mm-hmm. know? But we we really have to <laughs> own those. This is a this is a Christian podcast. I don't family know. Friendly. I don't know that reference. <laughs> someone someone literally is not coming yeah. back because they're like, "Ephraim <laughs> yeah. reference Ron Burgundy." Yeah. <laughs> but it it is you know bringing to the forefront like what you what you are saying about has depth. And it, you only, as worship leaders, I feel like we can only guide people to the depth that we're willing to go ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, with with that, for congregates or people in worship, like you're, you can only go as deep as you're willing to go. So, if you're not willing to be vulnerable and say, you know what, God, like yes, I am here because of you, um, then it stops. What about you guys? What why? What, how do you describe worship? I would say transcendental. Mm. It's not of this world. Again, we had just talked about what your, um, what, what Dave, I keep saying your dad, what Dave said in a sermon about how God pulls up a big chair. There's another uh, scripture that he quoted, um, and I'm probably going to say it in the New King James, mm-hmm. but it's, I will take that from here. Okay. <laughs> out of the mouths. Come on, get it. I know you want to. <laughs> no, we won't. Out of the mouths of babes. Go ahead, New King James. <laughs> out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, the Lord has ordained perfect praise to silence the avenger. I always think about praise as a weapon. You know what I mean? Just yeah. transcendental. It's you can go to another realm, if you will, and fight the battle that can't be seen with human eyes or human understanding through prayer and praise and worship. Yeah. This is how I find my Sing, Brad. I Sing it. I love that song. Believe God. I love that song because of how true it is. You know, um, I think I'm, the first person that comes to my mind right now is my mom. Yeah. How is she fighting her battle? Yeah. She is giving God the glory and praising her way through it. That's good. Hmm. What What do you guys think worship is about? God. God. Sometimes I'm like, is it a, uh, when we sing some songs, it's like, I kind of get confused. Is it about me? Mm hmm. Or is it about, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's, he called me worship. out upon the water. Yeah. Like I am a part of that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That are we vertical that, and yeah. horizontal you know, mm-hmm. in our worship. What does that mean? Well, and some of it is declarations about God. That's more vertical, but it's yeah. like, oh, okay, this is, 
and I say this a lot in our congregation here at 146 is probably sick of it, but like worship is the great reminder to our, our head and our hearts of who God is and what he's done. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's a big part of worship, but I think there's a horizontal aspect too that it, we, we get to sing about the things that he has done for us. And I think that those things help not only remind us, but because we gather together in community to worship, it's a reminder to other people. Um, I love that Marin used the word transcendental. You know, I think that there's a transcendent aspect of worship that, and we've talked about it a little bit here at Grace, um, as worship leaders, that even as unbelievers, people that maybe don't know who Jesus is or haven't figured it out yet, come into our midst. And when we're worshiping in spirit and truth, they get this sense of like, mm wow, what is going on here? And I yeah. think that that's the spirit moving in powerful ways that mm. even they walk away and go, man, I don't know about Jesus yet, but I'm, I got to come back and, and, and figure this out. Yeah. It, uh, Dave mentioned this in his sermon that so many people have told him that when they first started coming to grace, they would just find themselves crying mm -hmm. and they didn't know why. And he was saying the reason for that is because praise evokes the presence of God. And some maybe for the first time are literally walking into the, the glory of God. and the presence of God yeah. and that our bodies were not built to contain that. And so mm. where do we even put it? And now we're just involuntarily, we're just crying mm. in the presence of almighty God. So sad dad moments. What? <laughs> <laughs> so I made a note of, uh, I, I feel like you've talked about this before, Marin. Or there's a, there's a song that we sing now at Grace, uh, where the spirit is of the Lord is mm -hmm. there is freedom. Okay, mm -hmm. so when we started singing it, I was like, "Well, that's cool." But then the other day, like the other day, I was reading where that came from, mm. right? Second Corinthians. Um, and so I have a question. I'm going to read the scripture, but I have a question to you guys regarding this. It says Second Corinthians chapter three, verses thirteen through eighteen. It says, "We are not like Moses." who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull for to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of, of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. And so as I was reading that after Dave's message, I was like, oh man, like when we're worshiping, we're literally like face to face yes. with God's glory. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've grown up believing like God's not changing. Like he's, he's the same. Mm -hmm. So the, per, the only thing that's changing is me when I'm worshiping, right? Being transformed. Yes. And so I'm being transformed and I'm in the presence of God, but God is making, like it says, uh, I can only do that. I can only be face to face with God's glory because of Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I'm being transformed to be more like Christ Jesus when I'm worshiping him right that glory the shine heavy shininess of god yeah. that glory moses had glory. to cover his face it, this passage is saying that we begin to reflect that glory yeah in that moment so it seems like worship is almost like 
um, whether it's just singing or any, like, anyway, we, what are other forms of worship? Just like thinking about it? I, <laughs> obedience. Okay. I, I have always heard and I believe that being obedient, uh, let's just give the example of, of tithes and offerings. It is a sacrifice on my part. Mm-hmm. It is, it's a form of worship. Yeah. So I'm, I'm it, trying to teach that to my kids right now. I've got two teenagers that, well, one's making money, one's not. But one teenager, come on, Jaden, she's making her own money now. And the same principles that my parents instilled in me, I am right now yeah. trying to instill in my kids. So it seems like worship, no matter what form it's in, is all about like recalibrating your focus or your attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was gonna say surrender. Yeah. You know, I walk into church, I've got a million things going on. I've got a lot of burdens, whatever it may be right now, I am choosing to surrender all of these to focus to on you, God's glory, to focus on you. And I'm, yeah. I'm praying that distractions will fall away that I can be just focused yeah. on you because you're worthy. Yeah. And I think that one of the the words that you said is I choose. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to have that po- posture of saying, God, I choose to literally tr- like put the blinders on and focus on you and your glory and knowing that, you know, yeah, I did come into church today and uh, my alarm didn't go off and kids were screaming and I literally had to physically drag one to church. Why are you reading my text out loud right now? (laughs) They didn't, they didn't want to check in. They said they made screamed during the first song and it took me two songs to get to that last, you know, really, you know, moment that was the whole reason I came. Yeah. But I chose and Mm. God met me there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God met me there. And that's just that posture of saying, you know what, God, I am, I am laying everything at your feet right now. And in those moments, you are teleported (laughs) to that other place of like, my goodness, Mm -hmm. like my goodness, you're so wonderful. And like, yeah, it's, it's speechless. We talk about awe moments. Like that is an awe moment. I think that's what I mean by transcendent. Like it's yeah. a taste of heaven on earth. Yeah. It's so hard to, de- like, how do you, how do you describe that? Like every person we have our like romanticized vision of like what that looks like, but everyone encounters um, the presence of the Lord and that heavenly realm that heaven, here is an is, as in heaven mm-hmm. moment differently, you know? Um, but you know, it's, it's like, sometimes like it's, it's cliche. Un, it's you like, can't describe it. You just, yeah. Undescribable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a song for everything. There <laughs> Grab a room of worship leaders. <laughs> uh, last question. It, and Dave, alluded to this and he even said like, God doesn't need us to worship him. But I never thought about that. Mm. Um, I never thought about whether God needs that or, but he wants that, you know? And so why do you think, I don't know that, that, that hit me in, in a way that like I had never, or had not expected, like God doesn't need me to do this he's not waiting on me to just like stand with my hands in my pockets and be like, 
Undescribable. Like, you know, and <laughs> it's in your head now. <laughs> uh, so why not like give all of myself in that moment to, to worship? You know, Dave's talking about, I stand there and, you know, stay in my lane, but if God doesn't need me to do it and also I'm faced with his glory, like go for it, I guess. I yeah. don't know. I think that would be our, our hearts for our people every weekend is, is that people would go for it. Um, yeah. Knowing that, yeah, we are worshiping a God who doesn't need our worship, but desires to hear from his, his, his children, his sons and daughters. Um, and to know that that's what we were created for is just to, to give back to him the glory that's his and his alone. Yeah. And that's why I liked, I liked focusing on the one forty six the Psalm 146 part, because Dave gave that, I don't know, top 10 list of here's all the things that are awesome about God. And like to church people, you look at that list and you're like, yeah, <laughs> right. But if you think about like what, what are you going through and what kind of God do you want to worship? Mm -hmm. If you're going to worship a God, what kind of God do you want to worship? Like it says he keeps every promise. So do you have, do you have issues with commitment or do you have issue trust issues? Mm. Well, worship a God that like is going to keep his promises. Do you have, uh, are you in the midst of turmoil? Well, praise the God who is the, who says he's the God of justice, yeah. you know, like, are you, are you feeling like weighed down and heavy? Well, worship the God that says he lifts those up who are weighed down. Um, are you scared, isolated, or worried? Well, right here it says God cares for the people that are the most isolated in orphans and widows and yes. foreigners, you know? So worship that God and that, if it's not all 10, maybe it's one and just choose the one and like worship God like crazy, that God, because he is the God of that emotion or that thing yeah. that you're you're going through i'm my sister was here this weekend visiting with her husband her three kids and someone i haven't talked about in a long time on this podcast her former uh foster what? child that's crypt oh her former foster <laughs> child um now some some longtime listeners might remember that she was here this little girl for a prayer gathering mm -hmm. um maybe like two years ago maybe a little over two years mm -hmm. ago um, and it was on the last weekend that my sister had her living with her in her mm. home. And then she went back to be with uh, her dad. And she has just lived a hard life before she came to my sister. And after she left, my sister mm -hmm. lived a hard life. Even now she's here with my sister for the summer, which is great. It's probably the best thing for her. Um, but she had been living in different hotel rooms um, with her dad and her two sisters. And while she was with my sister, unbeknownst to her, her dad just moved from Pennsylvania to like Oklahoma or something like that. So just yeah. her life is in constant upheaval until she goes to my sister. And then she has like an actual bed of her own. She's mm -hmm. not rotating on and off the couch with her sister trading who gets to, who gets the couch for the night. Mm -hmm. um, she has some stability. So for her to be here, and to get the crayon and the paper and to be able to draw a picture. The, we've been over this, Tyler. <laughs> crayon. My goodness. One of the things that stuck out to her was he gives food to the hungry. Mm. That's yeah. one that she remembered. Oh, yeah. Um, and then what you just said about uh, the orphan and the widow and to those that are isolated. Yeah. It, it's just 
it blesses me to tears yeah. to know she might only be in this church one time, yeah. but she is going to hear some truths about that God, the one mm-hmm. that we worship yeah. and take them with her and they could be with her for the rest of her life. Yeah. And we, we are doing that for hundreds of people every weekend. And with this worship together thing, we're doing it for our kids too. Yeah. You know, so. Yes. Like I had sad dad moment on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Cause <laughs> I'm like, taking what you just said and like we're doing run throughs and, and rehearsal and I literally start weeping and I'm like, why is my face wet? (laughs) (laughs) What are these? Settle down. (laughs) (laughs) But it is in that moment where God just, he shed light on like, we sing, we're singing these songs. And a lot of times it's like, you know, it is the declarative mm. and the reflection of like, God, this is who you are to me. This is what you've done this. But then it was in that moment, God was like, this is what I'm going to be for your daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm having a daughter in August and he was just like, I'm like, I want to be like the protective comforting this, this, and this. And in reality, there are moments I'm not going to be that there are going to be moments that I don't have the answer mm-hmm. and God will. Yeah. And he's going to be her protector and her comforter. And when she's lonely and isolated, he's going to be able to, you know, love on her. And I was just like, I was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> mess. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, okay. So for those listening, come to a, if they come to church this, this weekend or in the future, what do you want them to like pay attention to? Or like, what do you, what do you pray for them to experience when they walk in the doors, when, when it comes to worship, because we've said we want to provide an environment or we want to like facilitate the encounter with God. But what does that mean tangibly to a person that's coming in? Like what, what do you hope for them? What do you pray for them when they, before they get there? Well, first of all, do people know that we have prayer people that walk through the whole room no. and touch each chair and pray mm-hmm. For each chair, that is something that multiple times a week I haven't seen before coming to Grace, and yeah. I just think that's awesome. So shout out to our prayer mm-hmm. ministry. Um, there are people praying for you mm-hmm. and praying for the space that you will be in Literally all week the long chair, before the you're sitting before in. you get there, <laughs> and it's with that heart and that mindset that we all desire that you would have some kind of encounter with God. Mm -hmm. It could be just one word that you go home with that. That was the Lord speaking to me. It could be a sense of peace, a sense of comfort, a sense of renewed strength, but that's what we want. We want, we want our weekend services to be both an oasis where you can be refreshed and renewed and, something that you walk away feeling like you have something to give to the broken world because you've been refilled Mm. and you have been in the presence of almighty God. Yeah. And I, and I would 100% agree to that. And I would just, you know, I would add that know that your experience, like we want you to have that moment with God and we know that that could look a variety of different ways. Um, so if you see someone, you know, in their seat weeping, 
and you don't have that encounter, you don't have to go, what's wrong with me? Why don't I have that? But like, we want you to have a moment with God. Mm. Um, we want you to feel safe and cared for and loved. And at the same time, like worship isn't, there's an offer offertory aspect of that where you have to give of yourself mm. to. And so if anything, I would hope that there's an environment that makes you feel comfortable to be able to allow yourself to be vulnerable mm. because that's where God can go and, you know, work his magic. Mm. So this weekend, I think we're focusing on Psalm 46 and it's in particular, it's talking about this coming weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I, so. I don't know. And, <laughs> it's talking about just when you Spoiler asked what, alert. What, what we want, what we wanted, wanted people to feel. And so I just was thinking about, I had sent this email out to my team and just the first few um, lines of Psalm 46, it says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. And every weekend, I think I just, I ask my team to pray for those people, no matter what the theme is or the subject is, is I want people to walk in um, with whatever burdens and whatever's going on in their lives, but walk out feeling lighter and change. Mm. That's what I want every weekend. Mm. That's good. Well, guys, thanks for coming in today. Uh, thanks for joining us. It was, uh, I, I, I could have the question, I could have the conversation like, what is worship? What does it mean? And I, I kind of wish like we would put that on a website somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually think we should. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for having the conversation here. Um, Barry, where do we, where do we go next? Well, as has been already declared, <laughs> Psalm 46. Psalm 46. <gasps> <laughs> Sorry. Spoiler alert. That'll be that'll be this weekend. Tim is preaching. Uh, oh yeah, Tim cool. Ayers, so it's about to get real. <laughs> I suppose that means he'll be on the pod next week, and we'll yeah. listen, listen to some more music. Bring him in. Music. <laughs> cool. That's it. All right. But until then, thanks for joining us, Marin. Will you please send us out? I will. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday.